Hello, lifters, and welcome back to Raising the Bar. I am Ashley Vargas, and I am here with Anna Perez, who is the co-founder of the American Pro. Um, Anna, you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, sure. So my name is Anna Perez. I am a powerlifter. I'm also the vice president of the WRPF, and the founder of A1 Digital, and the co-founder of the American Pro. So that was a lot. <laughs> You're only doing a couple things. <laughs> Needless to say, long story short, I'm very busy. <laughs> yes. You you have completely dove into the world of powerlifting from every single angle possible, from being an athlete to now being a meet director and a co-founder and the VP and all of the things. So um, what got you started in powerlifting originally? Um, so I started powerlifting in originally in 2013. So before that, I was going through a lot of, uh, you know, life issues. I was, you know, long story short, what led me into powerlifting was I was overcoming a drug addiction at that time. So I was just looking for another outlet to better myself. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got into powerlifting. And I did my first meet in 2015. And what, what specifically about powerlifting, like helped you through that transition in your life? Um, I think a lot of it was, I mean, obviously when you think of powerlifting and my interpretation of it at the time was not just being physically strong, but finding something that, find something that was hard, you know, something mm -hmm. that I had to give everything that I had, I, I needed to change my entire lifestyle at that time, I had to take care of myself. I had to force myself to do things that I wasn't doing when I was an addict. So I think that's what kind of led me into that was the idea of being driven into something that could completely transform my my life from where I was as an addict to going into the world of strength and being strength emotionally, physically, all of that. So it was just all of it attracted me. Absolutely. And the sport itself is so much more than just showing and your physical capabilities, but there's a huge mental component to it as well. Yeah. And that was the draw for me. Absolutely. And you're pushing yourself into, you know, something that's very uncomfortable and something that, that hurts and takes a toll on your body and being able to, you know, mentally push through all that it, it's huge. And, you know, I've talked to so many athletes that have, you know, not the same story, but, you know, something similar to where, you know, just, building that strength, not just physically, but mentally has impacted their life in such positive ways. So we, we hear that with a lot of the athletes and like yeah. see that across the board. And, you know, even people that aren't competitive that use the gym and use fitness and weightlifting as an outlet for those things. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely the common denominator with a lot of people that I speak to is we've all been through some kind of pain. We've all been through something that led us here. I feel like it's to be a power lifter and to actually put yourself through that, you know, it's that we're definitely a different breed of people. <laughs> I, I could not agree more. And, uh, <laughs> That was definitely showcased at your most recent meet, just uh, how different those athletes are than, you know, any other athlete out there um, and talking specifically about the American pro. So did you back in the day when you first started powerlifting, I'm going to make the assumption that you did not see yourself as heavily involved in doing the things that you're doing now. Is that a correct assumption? That is absolutely correct. I had no idea that it was going to end up here, but I just knew from the moment I put my hands on a barbell that. I was never going to look back to the lifestyle that I had before and mm -hmm. that one way or another powerlifting was going to be a part of my life. I just didn't know to what extent back then, but it was just an understood thing at that moment. 
Gotcha. And when you transitioned from an athlete, did you go from athlete to meet director or like, what did those steps look like to get you to where you are now? Um, no. So when I was an athlete, um, I actually ended up getting a really severe back injury and that forced me to take a step back with my competitive career at the time. So again, when I knew that there was no, there was no plan B, I was still going to be involved with powerlifting. Um, my background is um, in web development and graphic design. So I started at the time working with a lot of coaches um, that were powerlifters and wanted to start their own powerlifting coaching business, or maybe they had an apparel company. And that's how I continued to stay involved in the sport. So um, it didn't really go from being an athlete to being a meet director. It started with me working on the back end, helping out a lot of coaches and still being a part of it. And I always had an interest in doing something for like a meet or at the time, I didn't really know what. So I um, I had like some smaller events that I held at the gym that I used to train at. We had a deadlift party, a bench party. So I got a taste of it then. And I knew that that's something ultimately that I wanted to do. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. Gotcha. Well, I mean, it definitely worked out for you in the long run. Um, and your, your most recent meet the American pro, I do want to talk a lot about that because it, in my opinion, and the opinion of several people that I've spoken to on this topic is you have completely set the standard for what pro meets pro powerlifting meets should look like in the future. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, thank you for putting on such an amazing event for not just the lifters, but everybody that was there to observe. And then everyone from the live stream side of it. Um, but what Actually, was your, what was your you believe, hold on, would ahead. you believe that the American pro was the first meet that I ever actually officially directed? I did not know that. Yeah, that's crazy. So like I said, the only thing I ever did before was the smaller things, the little, you know, deadlift parties. And I've never directed a meet before. So this is my first time co-directing. Damn girl. <laughs> well, you so, just went, you just came out hot right out of the game. Look, when I go in, I go all the way in. Like I'm yeah. not here. Yeah. No full send on everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, that's insane. I did not know that. <laughs> wow. Well, you're, uh, you're, like I said, you're definitely setting the bar very high for not just new meat directors coming in, but meat directors that have been doing this for a while. Um, so congratulations. That's amazing. Um, so what was your, your vision for the American pro when you first got the idea to do this? Well, the vision for the pro was really just doing something that was going to change the game, you know, mm -hmm. in, in every way. Um, don't really want it to be like, um, NFL or NBA or any of these major sports leagues. I want to do something that sets it apart. You know, this is powerlifting. So, what can we do to kind of merge what we see in a lot of these professional sports? How do we bring that into powerlifting? Mm -hmm. um, so kind of the whole goal of this was to really focus on the venue, um, all of the, you know, the video walls, all of that, everything that we did as far as like the design of the platform and the spectator experience. And of course, you know, keeping the lifters experience in mind. So that that's kind of what the whole, point of all of this was is to just really level up if we want to be a pro sport you got to put your money where your mouth is and actually do pro things and 
we we learned doing this that it was not easy to do. <laughs> it's definitely not a one man show. Like I can't take all the credit for doing all of this. We had a huge team, and of course, mm-hmm. uh, Micah being uh, the meet director with me as well. Like we both put everything that we had into this. So I think it's really just um, everything that we did for this meet came from the heart. It came from what we wanted to see as athletes, and where we saw that there was some some things that were missing in the sport that. We, we knew that if we put our, our heads together and if we put the effort and the intention was there, that it was going to happen. So. Well, it definitely did happen. And, you know, powerlifting just recently became recognized as a pro sport, right? And that was a year, maybe a little over a year ago, I think. Um, and it's really having that pro type pro in the title, you really have to level up from all, all sides, right? Not just from the way that the meets are um, managed and put on, but also from the athlete's perspective as well. And I've interviewed several athletes that were at the American pro. And one thing that they said was they felt like professional athletes at that meet. And that was the first time that they really felt like that from, you know, the, the big screen in the back that had their photo and their name to the red carpet for the deadlift. And, you know, all of those details um, definitely set their expectation higher for what pro meet should be in the future. Good. I mean, that was exactly the point. We wanted to make it a point to treat every single lifter at that meet like a true athlete, like a true professional. So Mm -hmm. there was no no favorites. Nobody was being treated differently. Every single person got treated the same way. Everybody walked down the red carpet. Everybody had their name on the video wall. Um, I just think that it's just the least we can do to give back to the sport is you know, treat these athletes the way they deserve to be treated when they, they're working that hard to get to that level. Um, you know, unless you stepped on that platform, you don't realize like what these athletes are going through physically, emotionally, this is mm-hmm. everything for majority of us. So I think it's important to give them their time to shine when they're on the platform. Absolutely. And I, I think um, events like this also force the athletes to level up a little bit as well, because there's a lot of things that you can get away with at you know local meets or even the national meets. But for something like this, really elevates the way that the athletes carry themselves, the way that they, you know, portray themselves on their social media and all of those things. And, you know, just like any other professional athlete needs to keep that image in mind, the athletes need to do that as well. And I think having an event like this to where they're really showcased as, you know, the top tier athletes that they actually are, you know, they need to make sure that they are acting accordingly. Yeah. I mean, I was told that John Hack was nervous. I mean, that's the kind of me that, I mean, what this was. John Hack, Captain America at the American Pro, this got him shook. I don't even think he or, or any, actually nobody expected what, what we had planned. And honestly, we kept it under wraps for the most part. Um, one, because it was our first time doing it. So mm-hmm. it's like, we don't want to be those people that are just hyping things up and, and making promises. And then something happens when we finally get to the venue and, and do things and it's not really what we had planned because this has never been done before. So right. everything that we had been hyping up up until the moment of this meet was just based off of uh, a dream, a vision. Like we didn't really know how it's gonna happen, but I'm also the type of person that once I envision something and I see it, I'm going to make sure that it happens. But at the same time, it's the first time that we did it. So we kept a lot of it under wraps. So when people 
started to show up at the venue and they saw the video wall and then they saw the graphics that we stayed up every day till like 3 a.m. working on customized for every single lifter on the roster. Um, just every little detail that went into this when mm -hmm. they actually saw it in person. I mean, you can't, you couldn't help but to be just, you had to take a step back and be like, wow. <laughs> like I've never seen this in a powerlifting meet ever. And I don't even want to call it a meet. You know, it's like, it's a, it's in a class by itself. It's the American pro. It's, it's a production. It's Absolutely. A event. Um, and I was listening to another podcast episode that you and Micah did. And I think Micah was talking about how he wanted to create more of an event versus just a sporting, a, a sporting event. Like he compared it to, um, I think it was like a, a three day like music festival, like yeah. that type of environment. Yeah. It's like, like an expo, you know I mean? We had so many vendors there. We had over 900 spectators at this venue. Um, we had a live DJ, we had a jumbotron. So it's like, when you have a venue like that, you gotta, you know, take every single opportunity to play off of everything that's available to you and, and use it because those things make it or break it. It's all about the experience. Absolutely. You know, and even though the, the cash payout for this meet was 20,000, um, well, you know, there's other meets out there that are paying a lot more um, but also keep in mind how much went into this as far as what we spent and all the money that came in for um, the athletes. We not only gave that as the payout, but we also put in money ourselves to complete that 20000 mm -hmm. plus the money that we put in for the venue and the production and everything. So, I mean, when you think about that, at the, at the end of the day, the athletes didn't even care if we had a, a five thousand dollar payout or twenty or two hundred thousand. It wouldn't have mattered to anybody because every single person, including the spectators, had the best time. They had the time of their lives. And absolutely, hands down, everyone I spoke to, they were like, "I I would do this again, even if you didn't pay anything, because it was awesome." Yeah, that's exactly what they had told me too. Um, yeah. Even you know from someone who watched it from the live stream, even the live stream production was like insanely good and I could I could tell how much energy was in the room but that translated very well to the live stream um so and live streams that I've seen in the past didn't necessarily have that same quality so what did a1 do differently to level up the live stream side of it honestly we didn't do anything on the technical side that was any different from what we've done before again it was the venue and just positioning all of our videographers to get certain shots. And I mean, all of us on the team are powerlifters. So that's kind of the other, what sets us apart is that we understand, like we, we get it. Like we know certain, certain shots, there's certain things to capture on a live stream that even spectators in the audience might not even be able to see because they're so, these are like candid shots of them, you know, hugging their coach or getting, you know, what they're, what's going through their head when they're just like standing there when, you know, they're about to sniff the ammonia. You know what I mean? It's like these little things that you capture that just make you feel as if you're standing there with them. So the way that we just had everything set up was obviously we were keeping the camera angles in mind, uh, but also since we had a jumbotron, it was cool because we had everything that was on the live stream was also streaming on the jumbotron. So people could see it in the audience too, mm -hmm. which is also something that you don't ever get a chance to do. No. Um, I also had two video walls that were on the side of like the main one that you could see on the live stream with their names. There were two video walls on the side. I had a separate videographer hooked up to that with 
uh, his own camera capturing what was going on on the platform. That was a different shot that wasn't shown on the live stream. That was special for the audience to see on the big video walls. So they got all kinds of views. So, I mean, honestly, we didn't do anything technically for the live stream that we wouldn't have done before. It was just, again, the, the venue kind of making it all of it really come to life. Um, you know, we, we, we use lifting cast on the live stream so you mm -hmm. can follow because that's another thing when you're watching these powerlifting meets, they're long, it's hard to follow. You don't really, if you don't know the sport, it's hard for you to even see what, what's going on with like right. the kilo plates, all of that. So we make sure that we have as much information as possible along with the commentary, of course, mm -hmm. um, keeping people in the loop as they're watching the live stream and just making it entertaining. Yeah. And, and that was definitely something that set the meat apart as well was the the commentary, because um, you you don't get that at all. I would say probably except for the, like the national level meets like they have the commentators, but um, definitely one of the first that I saw that wasn't a national level meet. Um, so that was definitely something that that set that apart as well. Um, I'm I'm really surprised, though, that you didn't charge for the live stream. The reason for that, a lot of people tell us that, and I will tell you why we didn't charge for the live stream. Uh, viewership. Mm -hmm. Viewership is important to us. Um, this meet wasn't about us pulling in money. Um, of course, everyone loves money, and of course, we want yeah. to make money, but that wasn't our driving factor. We didn't do this for that. Um, we wanted to make sure that this event got as many eyes as possible on it. And in order to grow the sport, if we want to have these big money meets and we want to continue to have venues like this, like we don't want to be the only people doing events like this. The, the point of this was to raise the bars to level up so that other pro meets would start doing things like this, at least have the opportunity to do something like this. But if there's more money coming into the sport, then that's a bigger possibility because you just can't, you know, a lot of meet directors just aren't willing to take that risk. Right. So if we have more viewership, if we have more eyes on the sport, we get bigger brands involved that want to sponsor meets like this, then it makes it possible for me directors to do events like this. Absolutely. And I love like this entire conversation, everything that you've been saying, it's for the sport, it's for the athletes, it's for the, you know, future meet directors or other meet directors. Like none of this was done specifically for you, no. which, and, and I love that because there, there needs to be more eyes on the sport. And, you know, we as lifters and people who are, you know, highly invested in the sport itself, we feel like it's a very popular sport, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not at all. And there's not a lot of eyes on the sport right now, probably more so now than in years past, of course, but like, there's still a lot of opportunity for growth. So I really like that you are taking that, that task upon yourself to, you know, take that sport and, level it up and give opportunity, not just for the lifters, but also for fellow meet directors. I think that's, that's very special. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's something that I will, I will always stand by that. It's always about the sport. It's always about the lifters first. If you do the work, everything else will follow. You know, it's kind of like that whole, if you build it, they will come yep. sort of mentality. And it's like, right now we're just going to build it and, and it will come, it will happen. It's just a matter of when, um, and believe it or not, I actually had a couple of meet directors that um, actually passed me up on this idea when I pitched the American Pro to them. Well, it wasn't the American Pro then, we didn't have a name for it, but the idea of having a pro powerlifting meet at this venue, I had a couple of meet directors that I had reached out to in the past to partner up with, and they didn't want to do it because it was too risky. 
Um, and I totally get that. Um, it's, it is a risk, um, but it was, it, I think that everything happens for a reason and me reaching out to Micah and the partnership that we have now, um, I just think that it was, it happened at the right time with the right person because basically he's just as crazy as I am and willing to take that risk um, because he had the vision. You know, we both right. had the vision and that's that's what mattered is like, like I said earlier, if you can see it in your mind, then it's going to happen. And I've always believed that even as an athlete and I believe it in business and everything that I do, I have to envision what it is that I want first. I'm pretty big on manifestation. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, we saw this meet for the last year, you know, when we were planning it, we spent our, almost a whole year planning this. He's in Vegas, I'm here on the East Coast. So imagine two people texting each other and calling each other and just talking about this idea for this meet. And uh, I flew him out here once so he could see the venue because I thought that was important. He shouldn't sure. see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So he came here one time and it was like the week before Christmas. And that's when we called, you know, decided on the name. He was like, what about the American Pro? I'm like, oh, it's a great name. So we went with that and um, I, I designed the logo for it. And then we just started building. I'm like, all right, I'll make the website. So it's kind of funny because like what I said earlier, where I started things out being a web developer and working with these apparel brands and coaches and powerlifting, everything kind of set itself up for this moment. Like this is where all of these things that I have done in the sport, they all meet and they all come together now. So it's kind of interesting, but that's how it all happened. Yeah. And I feel like the two of you are a really good partnership. Like just personality wise, I feel like the two of you complement each other very well. Like he just, he strikes me as a very like outgoing, loud, vivacious type of personality. And you're, you're a little bit more reserved and probably like to do the behind the scenes stuff. So I think that partnership probably worked really well for you. Um, but do you, are, are you finding now that meet directors that you reached out to about the American pro before are now reaching out to try and get on board now? that they saw now that they saw how successful that was? I, I, you know, I think, I don't know that they'll reach out to try to get on board, but I have had some of them reach out and just, you know, give me the, the, the heads up. Like, Hey, that, that was an awesome meet. Like, oh, good. but if I didn't know deep down, they're probably like, you should have done that. You oh, know? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you snooze, you lose, you know, um, yeah. it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So, but yeah, but hopefully, hopefully they, they see this and it'll, it'll inspire them to, to level up and want to do do something because now they see that it's possible. I think mm -hmm. it's hard for a lot of people when they can't see it, they don't have the ability to, to see it and just be confident that it's going to work out and be okay if it doesn't work out. Cause that's right. the other part. It's like, it might not, but you have to be okay with taking that risk. Exactly. Um, so some people just weren't on that level. And I just hope that now that they see that this can be done, um, yeah, go ahead, do it. You know, Absolutely. let's, let's do this across the board. Mm -hmm. The catalyst to get everything started. Mm -hmm. Um, so now at the meet, there were, I, I feel like every, when I was watching the the live stream, like every other lift was all-time world record, all-time world record. Like how many, exactly how many world records were set at that meet? So that is a great question. Micah and I were wondering that ourselves because, you know, we we're running around, obviously running the meet. So there was just mm -hmm. so much going on, but we were like, dude, there's so many, this has to be history. Like, I don't think that this has happened at any other meet. Every single time someone's on the platform between both days, there were so many all-time world records. Mm -hmm. So we actually had one of the uh, athletes that competed, Patrick McGuire, 
he put out, um, he has a YouTube channel. So he put out this recap of the American Pro. And in it, he actually mentioned the number and he kind of got into detail about exactly, you know, which records were broken. And there were 10, 10 all-time records between single lift and total all-time world records. I can't even, I couldn't even keep track of that. I mean, that that's insane, but it's, I don't think it's actually been done in any other powerlifting meet. So that is a really cool accomplishment and something that we definitely uh, take pride in and, and we'll use that for sure as promotion for next year. Oh, for so sure. Like, hey, as you should. Let, let's break that record. How many all-time work records are we going to break in 2023? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what, what would you say your favorite moment from the meet was? Not from the prep, but from the execution. Uh, honestly, just... I would say just the the energy, just seeing everybody, every lifter bring their A game. Like I have just never seen that at any other powerlifting meet. And I mean, I'm talking current US Open, you know, the LA Expos, like, you know, all, all the big meets I've been to, to all of them. And I have never seen the level of energy and just camaraderie between everybody. Mm-hmm. Like I think just seeing the athletes and just seeing them really just having the time of their lives was for sure the highlight for me. Um, another personal highlight that I had was uh, Amber Hansen and I have this like inside joke with Shania Twain. And she said, every time she hears the line, let's go girls, it makes her wanna just run through a wall. So somehow in the midst of putting on the biggest powerlifting meet ever, I managed to go to the DJ and troll Amber while she was bench pressing. Right as she got the press command, he went and put on Shania Twain. Oh and my gosh, that's awesome. Let's go girls came on and she just pressed that up and then she started laughing. So like <laughs> so that's to me. And somehow I managed to also get it on video. So that was also one of my personal, personal high highlights. Oh my gosh, that's trolling so lifters. <laughs> that's awesome. Um Now, offline, you and I were talking about a little bit of drama that happened. Is that something that you can speak to on this platform? I mean, yeah, it's been already talked about and, and, you know, it's, I'm not saying anything that hasn't already been said, but we did have some controversy, um, which, you know, I'm totally okay with because I think that just gets more people talking about the meat and who doesn't like a little drama, you know, everyone loves the tea, especially in powerlifting. So um, to me, I'm just like, all right, bring it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had some issues with uh, one of our commentators and one of our athletes and their uh, Andrew House was um, competing on day one. Mm-hmm. And so we had commentary on day one and uh, Garrett Fear was one of our commentators. And so there was a little bit of back and forth with what was said on the commentary, which if people are curious, they can go on YouTube and watch day one. We could definitely keep getting that unique viewership number mm-hmm. going higher. I'm, so I'm going to link both days on this <laughs> podcast, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, please go click those links and watch mm-hmm. the live stream. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... There was some trash talking going on that led to 
uh, the after party at the bar because this venue had a bar. So mm -hmm. now we're giving power lifters alcohol and, you know, that's just going to be in its post meet. So everyone's all like hyped up on their adrenaline. So this is right. just the, the perfect storm for some shit to go down. Yeah. We got so, big people with alcohol hyped up on adrenaline. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What could go wrong? I mean, it's totally fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so here comes Andrew house walking in and I already knew I was sitting at the bar. I already knew what was going to happen and sure enough he made a beeline and here comes Garrett and uh -huh. they start interacting next thing I know Garrett goes flying across the room he got thrown by by Andrew and the next thing I know there's a, a whole squad of big burly powerlifters being bodyguards at this point standing in the middle trying to break up this fight um so it was other than that it was uneventful like nobody got hurt um which I'm happy about um, no like lawsuits or anything like that um, but you know just powerlifting drama but it was definitely interesting to actually see people talking trash to each other or about each other and then actually someone showing up and being like all right say it to my face like <laughs> and it was like <laughs> you know out of all of the lifters to talk trash about Andrew House would not be at the top of my list right like, that is one scary looking dude yeah and he's he's the sweetest guy too I'm sure he is yeah, very very nice yeah. super polite but I mean you you still there you know you, boundaries there's just a line yes. don't fuck with that dude like do not mm. do not um cross that line so yeah he showed up you know blood on his forehead still he was ready um <laughs> I, yeah. I saw that on the live stream right, right before he went. I think it was his third squat attempt. I, it looked like he had a big old hole in his forehead and just blood is dripping down and he's just paying it no attention, just continuing on to do his thing. Oh, and yeah. I'm just like that, and you know, with the beard and everything. And I'm just like, my goodness, that is not, not a man I'd want to piss off. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was amazing. Like I, that whole, it was, it was a mood. He was definitely a mood oh, or sure. vibe. Um, and when he walked in well, after the, um, the whole incident, I was chatting with him and uh, I just, you know, talked. I was like, dude, you still have blood on your forehead. He's like, oh, he's like, I think it's a scab. <laughs> and he was just so matter of fact about it. He's like, yeah, it happens. <laughs> I mean, this sport definitely tears you up, but I don't think I had ever seen that before to where it's just like rolling down the face. And I don't know if it was because he like put his head on forehead on the bar before he got under it or what the sit, or if it was already there and then just like, uh, the bar yeah, I think he, uh, he hit his head on, on the uh, squat bar. And okay. I think that's what, that's what started gotcha. everything. And, you know, he's just an animal. So, I mean, this, this all suits him very well. It's like I said, he's a mood. Yes. Um, and, and again, this is why I think that more eyes need to be on the sport mm -hmm. and people need to see this because this is entertainment this is entertaining it, it's very entertaining <laughs> yeah so powerlifters certainly have a personality and just a lot of them are are a little bit yeah they're they're very out there so it's like we should have as many eyes on the sport as possible and, and look at all these different personalities because it, it can be really entertaining Absolutely. I mean, you have Andrew who looks like he's just going to snap the bar into at any given moment. And then you have, you know, some other lifters like um, uh, Barbara Lee is, is one of them. She just like very like laser focused when she walks up to the bar and like she's you can intense. tell that like she does not hear anything that's going on like she's just going through her little checklist of everything that she needs to do and she's very calm and collected and you know it's it's interesting to see like the two polar opposites. You know, yeah. the people who like the hype and the people who just tone everything out. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like with her, she just means business. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of lifters that have that you're either, I feel like you're kind of either two ways, you know, you're laser beam focus or you're an absolute animal savage that's ready to, you know, snap that barbell in half. So Absolutely. And Christy Hawkins, she's one of my favorite lifters to watch. And I think that she like blends those two personalities really well. Um, like she, she looks laser focused, but she also looks like someone I do not want to mess with. Um, <laughs> But just watching her lift and didn't, I think she like, she tore, tore a quad not too long before that meet. Yeah. So she's an example of somebody that's completely just built different. Also a mood. Yeah. hundred percent. She's amazing. Um, Absolute legend. And she's just the type of person that, again, she's like, look, this, this is what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm going to lock out the deadlift. For example, I saw her at the showdown. We did the live stream for the showdown last year mm-hmm. and she had uh, all-time world record deadlift. So she's like, I'm locking this out. Her bicep was tearing as this was happening during the lockout. And you could see the bicep muscle just curl up and she just stood there and held it and locked it out. And then she put it down and she just walked away like casually, like it was just nothing. And she still took the time to do an interview with our commentators that day. I had Heidi from Futures Female Powerlifting. Yeah. She did commentary um, and she did interviews after the event for the Women's Day at the showdown. And I went up to Christy Hawkins and she was like, yeah, I'll gladly do an interview. She was just so casual with her bicep torn. Yeah. She sat down and did a whole interview. And like anybody else would have probably been like, out of there you know they probably would have gone to the er or whatever but she just didn't she's like whatever and then for the show um for the american pro um she had actually reached out to micah and told him early on um maybe like a couple months out that she tore her quad mm-hmm. she had like a minor tear in her quad i guess but um obviously it was affecting her training she had to train around it and Michael was like, dude, are you okay? And she was like, yeah, I don't need quads to, to squat. Like, <laughs> she's like, I don't need my quads. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, it didn't look like she needed it. She did I don't it. think oh, she needed her quads. There's no. plenty of other muscle everywhere else to recruit. Like her quads are like, whatever, just take a time out. <laughs> she still managed to put up like a 705 dots or something and wasn't even feeling 100%. So that, that just shows insane. you, this shows you the type of, of mentality and the type of person that it takes to be at that level I mean she's just she's incredible is she one of the first to hit 700 uh or has that been hit before uh yeah Mariana Gaspari and she's um number one so she's right above that and I don't think they're too far off I have to check open powerlifting but I believe they're not far from each other on their dots scores yeah I, I had looked it up um, maybe a week or so ago and it wasn't, it didn't quite update. So I wasn't sure. I knew that she hit 700 at that meet, but um, that's insane. I remember when 600 was impressive. And now I I'm like- I remember when 500 was impressive. <laughs> like the goal for me was to have a 500 Wilkes right? and now it's like 700. Yeah, Mariana's got 709, Christy 704, and then Hunter Henderson has a 687. Yeah. So that's the top three. Dang. All yes. of them are women. Top three are all women. Um, and then if it c- continues going down, we got Shakira, Steffi Cohen, Stacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally all women. And then I think number eight is John Hack. So that's when we get into the men. But yeah, the top strongest people in the world happen to be women. So that's pretty cool. That is amazing. Um, and one thing that you had mentioned to me before, like there's a, a lot of female only meets that are coming about and, and they're becoming more popular, not just at the pro level, but just at the local levels too. Um, and 
one thing that I, I love, we had a separate conversation, but talking about building a team of all women and how important it is for women to be represented in the sport of powerlifting and not just from the athletic perspective, but also from behind the scenes as well. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that um, women can bring to the table. And I think that now, you know, before being previously male dominated, you know, the idea of like a female meet director or the idea of, you know, being a coach and coaching. Mm -hmm. and like, I mean, you know, things have, things have changed, things are evolving. And I think that as, as this is continuing, women are now like not afraid to, to step it up and be like, you know what, I'm, I can be more than just an athlete. You know, there's more opportunities for me in this sport. It doesn't just end the day that I decide to not compete anymore, I can do so much more for the sport. Um, and I think that that's really cool to see women that are not only meet directing, but on the production side of things mm -hmm. and coaching and everything else. So it's, it's really cool to see. I mean, it's, it's a lot more than just being an athlete. Absolutely. It is. And, you know, from the, the coaching side of things with my own coaching business, like the bulk of my competitive clients are men. And I, I just find it so funny that every time we go to these meets and, you know, my clients take home first in their weight class, you know, um, that people are just so shocked. And I'm like, why is it so surprising that a woman is coaching a man and he's doing well? Like I, it blows my mind that that is still a thing. Yeah, it is still a thing, but I think the more and more um, this continues to, the sport continues to grow and we see uh, more presence of, you know, women being involved with the sport in all different ways and contributing to it and actually being part of the change. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you just can't sleep on that after a while. And, you know, we, we bring it to the table, you know, we're all bringing our game to the sport in one way or another. Absolutely. We love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. So you just released the date for the American Pro 2. Yes. Last week. Yep. So that's going to be October. What was the date? October 27th, the 28th, and the 29th of 2023. Three days. Three days. That's so. crazy. And are, are you going to be doing a male day, female day? Uh, so what we're going to do is actually, it's going to be the same as this this year's where we have a knee wraps day and a knee sleeves day for mm -hmm. the untested side. But what we have done differently is created a third day for the drug tested side. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so eventually I see the American Pro growing um, and just being just probably, you know, like what Micah was saying, some freaking like Lollapalooza, like crazy <laughs> festival of powerlifting. Um, and we're just going to have to break this up into, we're, we're probably going to get so many people that are going to want to participate in this mm -hmm. event that we will have to have a female day, a, a male day, you know what I mean? But for yeah. now we're combining everything and we're allowing the uh, drug tested side to get a chance to compete on the American Pro platform. That's awesome. Um, aside from the drug tested side, what other changes or adjustments um, can people expect for the next one? Um, some of the uh, changes that we're going to do um, involve the, the prize money, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to be able to um, pay out not just the overall winners, but we want to also pay out um, all-time world records and biggest totals. I think that's really important. Um, so we're just giving people more opportunity to to win some money. Um, and obviously, now that we have some skin in the game and we mm -hmm. can we have some stats and we have something to show for what we did this year, it'll be hopefully easier for us to get some bigger sponsors to help us with sure. a bigger cash payout and hopefully help us this time with um, putting more into the production side of things. Because I have a lot of 
ideas that I want to do. But of course, this is all, you know, budget related. And, you know, if we have the funds to do it, um, then by all means, I want to, I want to go all out full send on everything. Um, and just same venue, it's going to be at the same venue. Um, but the venue itself is going to have some improvements. Um, they're actually knocking down a wall. So there's going to be room for, I think, 300 more spectators. So you know, with that, we want to, you know, have more VIP seating and, yep. uh, you know, really focus on, on doing more for the spectator side of things now that we have some more room and we can put some more vendors in there. So it'd be like a mini expo sort of situation. But um, yeah, so th those are the main things that we're doing um, differently for 2023. That's awesome. And do you know when you're going to open up registration for that meet? Uh, yes. So registration will open November 1st. Oh, coming up pretty quick then. Yep, coming up quick. Um, yeah, we want to definitely try to sell that out as soon as possible and just mm -hmm. get moving because we we realized it took us almost an entire year to plan what we did on a budget on a very small scale. So believe it or not, what we did was on a small scale. Um, now that we know what we want to do and we have more time, we want to be able to start securing things early because yeah. some of these things just take a lot of time and coordination. There's a lot of moving parts and third party, you know, people involved, companies. So we got to make sure that everyone's on the same page and that we get things scheduled and everything is on time for October. So we don't want to wait till last minute to do stuff. Well, if that was your small scale, I'm really excited to see the grand scale. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm excited. Um, and it's good to be, to be excited. You know, I think keeping, it keeps us on our toes, you know, it keeps the sport on the toes. It keeps the athletes on the toe, on their toes. Everyone is, um, I think excited, you know, I think it's just, it's cool to do something new and to be innovative and do something that, you know, you don't really see, especially in, in powerlifting. So I think this is all, this all is going in such a, a great direction. And I just, I'm excited to see how it's all going to turn out in 2023. Oh, I'm, I'm really excited to see it as well. And I'm sure I speak for several people in the powerlifting community, but thank you for everything that you're doing to bring light to this sport. It's needed. It's my pleasure. Yeah. It's kind of funny, you know, thinking back on, you know, my first powerlifting meet and stepping foot on the platform and the sport changing me. Mm -hmm. Right. And then now I step foot on the platform and I'm changing the sport. So that whole full circle thing is pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> You're doing great things. Thank you. All right. Anna, well, I really appreciate your time today. Um, thank you for hanging out with me and I'm going to post the YouTube links and the, the notes of this podcast. I'll also post the website for the American pro that way people can go and get information. Um, and I cannot wait to see what you have in store for this next year. It's going to be amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you.